child doing? I'm wait. pregnant. Oh, wait, what is it? Just yell. Uh, no, scream. I need somebody to scream for the tracking. Okay, I got that, but I'm doing something else, too. <laughs> God, I'm sorry. Literary bitchcraft. One, two, three. I think I fucked up because I clapped, too. You did. You did ruin Oh, my... shut the fuck up. <laughs> did I pick that up? Yes. Okay, perfect. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Craft Alexis, stop doing that, please. You don't like it. Okay, hi, we're Literary Bitchcraft. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having us here. I would like to thank the Academy. There was a bug in there. It was dead. And I'm about <clears> to drink around it, and then it starts swimming. Oh, uh, move drink on. Around why it? would you drink around? You can't drink around a bug. This is why you're sick. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> thirsty. Just kidding. For it's, apple butter vinegar. I need it. I need it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're literary bitchcraft and we're back. Hi. We've been gone. Gone. Since gone. we've been gone. I've gone for One Direction. Uh, I'm disappointed. In you. Um, in myself. Yeah. Never you. Uh. <clears throat> and now we're back. I'm Nicole. I'm Alexis. And I'm Laura. Is this really how we're going to open our second season? <laughs> I know, but then we have plans to be, like, really professional and, like... We're bitching! We're, like, we're gonna have it so perfect and planned out. We're gonna have rockin' episodes, and we're over here, like, go wrong. <laughs> go wrong. <laughs> I mean, we are planning better, um, but also, we really want to get ahead on our recording schedule. And so there's gonna be a couple episodes, I think, that are gonna end up being not quite as concise but there's no show notes for this one because nicole and i haven't really read nicole got a new job i'm in this literature literature class and i'm gonna be in it for another two weeks i believe so that's all i'm really reading right now laura cannot relate no yeah laura <laughs> laura made up for us actually 10 books in a month almost 11 i was like 12 hours off from being 11 Damn. You should have just stayed just up. Just count it. Okay. I read 11 books. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can talk about your books that you read for school and what you liked and what you didn't like. Okay. I read Wayward Son by Rainbow Rowell. It was kind of like a second read because I read most of it last when it first came out. It was like, okay. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, that, so I did read two books in June, but I already talked about them. Last season... Because it was like it was like fun, but like, eh, no wrong. <laughs> um, and then I finished book four and five of Heaven's Officials Blessing. Long as shit. Everyone said book four was like super fucking sad, and they're like, I was sobbing. I see all these people on Twitter like, oh my god, don't even bring up book four. I was sobbing, and I'm like, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, I gave rain. Bo Rowell's Wayward Son four stars. I gave book four of Heaven's Official Blessing five. Oh, I gave both four and five five. I don't think they deserved that, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you love a generous queen. Overall, it was a good book. Like, together. How long did it take you again to read? Two months. Oh my god. But I only read like two to three chapters a day. There was one weekend where I read 20 chapters, but that was like over a weekend. Holy shit. Um, and then I read One Last Up by Casey McQuinston. I'm not going to talk about that that much because we're going to have a whole episode on that. 
And then I read House in the Cerulean Sea by TJ Clune. Gave that five stars. I can't wait. Literally, literally, literally. <laughs> I cannot wait. So good. After I read that, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to read anything else. Like, it was just such a high. That That's I'm like, how I felt after Evelyn. Let me down. Is it the last thing you finished? No. <laughs> well, no. There's more? <laughs> no. Um, I just meant about... like in order. But I just realized now you're reading literally in order. Yeah, in order. Because the main character, Linus, he gets picked uh, for to go to this island to be, because he's a social worker, and he makes very, like, detailed reports. He specifically gets picked to sit into this island because it's, like, top secret. No one knows this island's there because the children on the island are, like, very, like, strange and unusual, and they are deemed, they, they could possibly be dangerous. Because in this world, there's, like, magical creatures, but they're, like, registered, and they're, like, kept track of by the government. And so there's, like, orphanages of just magical children. And he, like, goes and makes sure that the children are, like, okay. And that the people are being, like, nice to the kids and that they're not a danger to themselves or anyone else. Do they look like kids or do they look kind of like... It depends. Because, like, he goes to the island and um, the, the island's there no one knows about it because there's literally the Antichrist on it. And it's a little boy oh, named Lucy. Right. So cute. Literally so cute. I mean, they call him Lucy, but his name's Lucifer. Yeah. Um, but on the island, there's, like, um, a garden gnome. Like, it looks like a gnome from, like, a garden, like a statue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, But it's a girl, and she has, like, a beard, and that's why it's, like, why she's unusual. And there's, like, um, there's a character named Clancy, and he is just a green blob. In my head, I pictured Flubber. Aw. But he has, like, tentacles for I eyes. Flubber. And, like, they don't know what he is or where he came from. That's why he's, like, so unusual. Um, That's adorable. And all his life, it was, like, a thing that, like, they were explaining, like, all his life he's been told that he's the monster under kids' beds. And so, like, they're like, oh, Linus, like, sometimes you're going to find Clancy under your bed, but don't worry. Like, he's not actually trying to scare you, but, like, that's what he thinks he's supposed to be doing. (laughs) But really, like, he wants to be a bellhop. And, like, that's his biggest dream because he wants to help people. And, like, he like, <gasps> bellhops, like, the, the first person you come. And, like, people go to hotels and they're tired and, like, they've traveled all day. And these bellhops will help them. He's like, and I just want to do that. that and is so he, like, so goes around cute. and he tries to help everyone on the orphanage. Because it's, like, just the orphanage on the island. And then the um, master of the orphanage is named Arthur Panassus. And, like, he just is so kind to the kids. And, like, you, like, through those, um, like, Linus is very, very professional, but, like, through, like, meeting the kids and, like, getting to know the kids, because he's there for a month, he, like, starts warming up and, like, gets involved in their lives and ends up, like, really, really caring about them and, like, falling in love with Arthur. And there's, like, a twist that I'm not going to say for you yeah, guys. don't say, because I have it on my shelf. I've had it all yeah. year. It just yeah, I'm very excited to read it. Um, <clears throat> but then... The motives of why he was sent there by the government is, like, revealed and, like, the way that, um, people are treated and, like, how he was seeing it before is, like, he realizes, like, oh, how I was seeing it was very different because, like, where he comes from, uh, there's, like, a lot of posters, like, oh, see something, say something. And to him, he was, like, oh, if, like, you see someone treating magical creatures badly, you're supposed to say something. But then he goes to this island and, like, the town right outside of the island um, they think, like, it's used as, oh, if you see something, say something, as like, report these people, and, like, they're clearly bad. So he's saying, like, oh, the way I saw the world is not how everyone's seeing it, and, like, that needs to change. Um, 
and I like that there's like a contrast because like where he comes from like the entire time he's there it's raining and gray and then he comes to the island and it's like sunny and it's the first time he's seeing the beach and like it's oh, wow. beautiful and then he ends up having to go back to the city for something and it's like raining again and it's like hmm. completely contrasting and I was just like it's just so good I'm excited it's just so so good like I loved Lucy um oh <laughs> what 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 I went to fix my necklace and the, my fingernail scraped the back of the chair I got the chill thought you sharded I was like <laughs> she did i was prepared <laughs> i was ready emotionally i was just like especially <laughs> not fun anyway <laughs> that hurt that sounded like it fucking ripped your fingernail off and that's what i was scared of are you good yeah we're good but anyways <laughs> uh lucy's just like witty and like i just loved lucy so adorable I was telling you before when I was talking about it how, like, it's described like he's a six-year-old boy and, like, he looks like a normal six-year-old yeah. boy until he, like, has tantrums or something. But, like, he, like, asks Linus, like, oh, do you want soda or water or juice? And Linus, Linus like, water's fine. And he has to, like, go over and get on a stool That's to fill up the so cup cute. and then he has to hold it with two, two hands. hands. <laughs> so cute. I like that the author put that in. <laughs> it was adorable. <laughs> the Antichrist holding a little. I know. I like how we're talking about the little Antichrist. Like, aww. <laughs> no, once you read it, you're gonna be like, so cute, oh, losing. <laughs> so cool, so cute. But like I was telling you before, I was like the whole time I was reading this, I was like, oh, this is an allegory for being gay. I was positive. And then I was like on Goodreads because I, I don't know, randomly get on Goodreads like I do too. People better like what I like. No, same. And yeah. people better. Yeah, hate I get on there like with. I get on there with on a mission. Yeah. Like I'm like, who are we fighting with on Goodreads today? Yeah. That's and why I, I saw one. And books I, was like, I hate. Yeah, I was like, I was reading this before and I loved it, and then I saw I heard a podcast with the author on it, and he was talking about where he got the inspiration from, and it was like an experiment. Um. I don't know what it's called. I'm probably not going to be able to find the comment again. An experiment in Canada where the government was taking indigenous children and placing them into white homes to assimilate. And they're like, oh, I can never, like, love this book the way I did because of that. And I'm like, oh, I think it's tasteless to write it based off that. Is T.J. Clune a man? Yes. Okay. A white man. Mm. Oh, boy. Um, Because, like, the whole point of the story was, like, the main characters were trying to protect these children and, like didn't find what was happening right um but it's a little tasteless to base it off of that yeah anyways but i gave it five stars and i stand by that i'm excited white people should be able to write that stuff but i think they are they should be required to have to like donate or raise some sort of awareness or do something because if you don't you're just exclusively profiting off of it that's true profiting off. like even if you think you're teaching people something who are you as a white person to do that exclusively even if you're doing everything right I just, I can't get comfortable with that. I don't know. Um, and then over one of the weekends I wrote, I wrote. <laughs> I wrote <laughs> it. Congratulations. Literary queen. Happy publishing day. <laughs> I read Fence Volume 1 by Pacat. I gave it. Yeah. Four stars. <gasps> Not five for Pacat? Um, it was like fun, but I feel like because it was a comic and there's like several volumes, it would like just got started. Again, I went on Goodreads and I was like, what are people thinking about this? And they're like, it didn't even explain anything about fencing. Like, don't read this if you're into fencing. Like, I'm not reading this for fencing. 
You nerds. Do you guys, I'm in it for the drama. Do you guys know my fencing story? No. One time in Girl Scouts, a hundred of like Girl Scouts were in a row, and we all fenced, and I didn't lose once. <laughs> Damn. Because the point of the story is this boy named Nicholas, he is the illeg- illegitimate <clears throat> son of a professional fencer. And so he goes to the school that his father used to go to, and his father doesn't even know he exists. But he, like, loves fencing, and it's kind of, like, to prove that he's, like, his son. And it's just, like, the and he's, like, not actually very good. Like, he has really good instincts, but he's, like, technically not very good. And so the first one is just about him trying to make the team. I literally adore that trope. I love the, like, illegitimate child who either isn't recognized by their parent or don't, doesn't know their parent, and then they have the talent their parent has. Yeah. I love that shit. I don't know why. It, it's fun. Like, it definitely is fun. And, like, but the people are like, oh, they didn't even, like, go over double taps. And that's, like, the basic thing in fencing. Oh I'm like, you guys are fucking nerds. I'm in it for the drama and the gays. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then I read People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> literally so good i'm getting confused with beach read because it's by the same emily henry and like aren't both I covers orange one's a yellow one's like oh. a yellow one's like an orange orange and one's like a yellow orange oh okay um but it's about two friends that you find out something happened that made them not be friends for two years and then the main girl her name is poppy she it's kind of in her rut in life and was like, when was the last time I was happy? And she realized it was the last time she was happy was when she was going on vacation with her best friend, Alex. So she randomly texted him and was like, hey, why don't we go on vacation one last time? Like, you know, just for old time's sake. And he's like, I'm going to my brother's wedding. Um, we, we can go a few days early and, like, have a vacation before we go to his wedding. You can come to his wedding with me. Hmm. And then it jumps back and forth between all of their vacations together since the time they met um, up until whatever happened so you don't know what happened until later in the book but it's just so good and it's like very witty so and it's I was people we meet on vacation but it's about their vacations yes and it okay. goes through like a bunch of people that they actually didn't meet on vacation oh, oh, oh okay um because like when they go on vacation they like, made all these friends because she's very like sociable and she is like meeting boys and kissing boys on vacation and like that becomes a big thing between them at the end um, he's like, I'm not just someone you meet on vacation and can throw away. And she's like explaining how meeting people on vacation made her feel not alone because like, oh, I'm specifically meeting this person at this specific time. Like it was meant to be that I was meeting these people. And then it's like, but none of that like even matters if I'm not with you. And it was like very, very good. Is this a friends to lovers? Yes. I have a question. Do you guys actually ever meet people on vacation? No. I don't feel like that happens to me. No. I Like, I meet people briefly. Like, I'll maybe, like, chat up someone and, like, well, like, like when on this whole vacation James and I went on, right? Like, several thousand miles we drove. I stopped so much. I had one real intense conversation with one person that they, like, forced on me, which it was fine. It was, they were nice, but they were the aggressor in a restaurant. And we were waiting in line for our food. And I had door dashed it and, uh, but they were taking a while cause the lady had heard me go, oh, I ordered the wrong thing. And then she went in the back and made it for me without even talking to me. Like I, she heard me mumble it to James and then brought me out what I'd ordered and which I thought was so nice. And then, uh, this girl just talked to me the entire time and she was super nice and she tried to be my friend. She was like, oh my God, tomorrow you should come to my job. I'll give you free coffee. And I was like, I won't be here. Tomorrow. That's cool. Yeah. That's the I only time it's ever happened to me. Don't meet people on vacation, but I think a certain type of person does. Like when I'd go with my grandma someplace, she would literally make like Disneyland. We'd be in line. She talked to anyone around her in line. Become friends with them. By the time we got on 
on the ride. Like, she'd have their email. She'd tell them she's going to send them a recipe. Like, she'd be friends with these people, and she would literally email them once she got home and was like, I hope your trip was okay. Here's a recipe. And, like, carry on her friendship. She literally had so many friends that were, like, pen pal type of friends just because she goes on vacation and meets people. That's so cool. I want to be that I think there are, like, genuinely people that are like that. I'm just not one of them. (laughs) Yeah, because when I went on that vacation and I was like, wow, if I was, like, in this town for, like, three or four days, I would probably become this girl's friend. Like, that's super sick. See, I'm I'm not like that, but my stepdad is. Anywhere we go, he's always talking to someone. He's very much a people person, and he's just friendly and nice to talk to. And, um... When I was fif- 15, I think, um, we went to Cancun, and one of the waiters that we met, his name is Miguel, and I don't know what it was about Miguel, but super nice guy opened up to us about like his family and his kids at home and how little he makes in the restaurant, uh, because it's like common knowledge for where we were staying that they make very, very little money. And so Miguel told us that, that, like, with the conversion rate, he makes $9 a day, and he's the only one with a job because his wife is at home taking care of their three little little babies. And so we gave him, um, we gave him, like, 40 bucks after, and then he cried, and he was like, thank you so much. This is going to put so much food on the table for my family. I'm so grateful for you guys. Please come back tomorrow if you can. And so we saw him, and we said goodbye when we the day we were leaving Cancun. And then that was when I was 15. So then when we were 17, when we were all 17, (laughs) when I was 17, we went back to the same resort and then went back to that same restaurant and we were looking for him. And we were like, hey, is Miguel working? And he wasn't working that night, but he was working the next night. And he, we walk in and he's like, oh my God, Jerome, who's my stepdad. He's like, Jerome. I heard you guys were here yesterday. I was hoping to see you. Please sit, sit down. I'm so happy to serve you. And it was so nice. And he was like, yeah, I, th- I think about you guys a lot. Thank you again. It was so nice. So I, th- I think about him a lot. Super chill, dude. Super chill, dude. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Every day I turn on my silly little mic and I do my silly little scream. Over the next weekend, I read Fence, Volume 2, 3, and 4. I gave Volumes 2 and 3. Why is it so loud now? It's like I put a battery in it. It's like, I can hear. (laughs) I gave Volumes 2 and 3 four stars. I gave Volumes 4 five. Volume 4 had um, an actual match in it, and it was very fun. Did the mic catch? No, because it was dead when you were describing to me what the books were. Um... Beach Read is about a author who, uh, her father dies and she inherits this beach house. Uh, along with the beach house, there's lots of family secrets that get dug up that she didn't know about. And she's having trouble writing her book, so she goes to this beach house. She's also broke, so she's like, I can live here for free and I'll fucking write and sell this book. She's a romance writer and she moves in next door. And the guy that she, um, liked in college lives there. He's also a writer but she always kind of hated him because, I mean, she liked him, but then she was like, no, he's an asshole. Like, he's always judging my writing because he made one comment about, like, oh, another happy ending. <laughs> and he's, like, a gritty, like, fiction writer. Um, and they end up striking a deal that, like, he's going to write a romance novel and she's going to write, like, a book that doesn't have a happy ending. And then whoever gets published first, the other one has to, like, hype up their book. Nice. That's the premise of the book. That's fun. Um, he's 
and then they're like, oh, on Fridays, I'm, he's gonna show, like, they go with him, and he's gonna explore this cult, because he originally was gonna write about a cult, so he's gonna do research on a cult, and she has to go with him to, like, see the darker sides of life, is what he says, and then on Saturday, she has to plan, like, a romantic type of thing to, like, mm-hmm. show what romance would be for him, and so it also, like, goes through, like, talking to members that were in the cults like this one man he was a little boy that was brought into the cult and then him and his mom ended up escaping and then one woman her sister was in the cult and then they end up going to the site where the cult died it's like the cult leader caught every um all the trailers on fire that the cult was at so burned everyone and in the process they like fall in love and you kind of find out that he was into her all along he was like yeah i was mean to you because i was an asshole when i was 22 he's like but i was always like liked you and it's really good. There's a part because like her, her dad's dead and like um there she finds all these net these letters that he wrote onto her on her birthday since she was born. And then it go there's a chapter where it, like goes through some of the letters and like literally that's sounds... I had to go to the bathroom during work and cry. I was gonna say that sounds really emotional. <laughs> it was really good because like he explains like how he's fucked up in his life and like how he hopes she can forgive him one day but he like wants her to know everything about him and he like knows like hey like I understand that like I can know you more than you could ever know me because I've had more life than you and like I've known you since you were born but like how she's always been like his lighthouse and like what the fuck it's literally so I'm good tearing I was up. like sobbing because he's like oh <laughs> I'm tearing up. <laughs> he's like, oh, this is your 28th birthday that I'm writing this um, one for you. And he's like, and I had to ask myself, like, who I am today. is like, and today I'm January's dad. Cause that's her name is January. And it's like, I know. Don't don't talk about it. It's fine. January. No, we, we're going to replace. We're going to replace I'm her. Se- I'm seeing a few doors. Here. <laughs> it's so good. I, I know you would love it. Yeah. And I think she'd really like it. Oh, my God. So, yeah, like, People We Meet on Vacation is more romance-based, um, while Beach Read has a little subplot that's not necessarily romance. Hmm. The romance almost feels parallel to the growth of the character and how she views her now-dead father. Because, like, she starts off the book, like, very, very bitter towards him, and then you find out, like, not that he was, like, okay what he did because it's not. And he wasn't good necessarily, but he wasn't, like, a bad dude either. He, like, loved her. Mm. Like, he loved being her dad. Just, like, oh, my so God. Good. Another trope I'm a little bitch for, daddy-daughter, like... Because I, lo- I have a really good relationship with my dad. But, like, both of my parents, I think, have had a lot of, like, trauma and hardships and stuff. And it's made me close with them in a way that, like, when I see parental love in books, I'm just immediately a ball of mush. You know what I mean? Me too. It's very, very good. Me too. <sighs> like, when books represent, like, a parent's inner child and how they interact with their child based off of that, that shit fucks me up emotionally. Like, that and, like, the sibling trope, similar thing, where it's like... Okay, so for my class, I've just mostly been reading short stories. We were supposed to read uh, Death of a Salesman. <gasps> I didn't want to. It's a really good play. I know, but also, isn't it, like, pretty emotional? So I've it's read that. I don't remember it though. It's like the play um, that kind of set the tone for the definition of the American dream and what it, how far a person will go to achieve that, and that's what it focuses on. But it's a, it's a good play. No, I know, and I was in my. Uh, there were scene options for it in my 
acting class. So I've re- and I've read parts of it because I don't think you can be an actor for more than like a year and avoid that play. Just picture Christoph Waltz when you read it. What is that? <laughs> I was like, who? Oh, I thought you knew Christoph Waltz. He's my favorite actor. From? Uh, I first saw him in Django Unchained. He's also in Alita for some reason. He shouldn't be in Alita. What's Alita? Okay. Never you already mind. know that I'm a bad theater person. You already know this. Never mind. You know I'm trash. I didn't so. see yeah. Hamilton till it was on Disney. I didn't listen to the soundtrack till it was on Disney. I still haven't seen Hamilton. I haven't listened to the soundtrack either. Yeah, I'm a well. The thing is, you're not you're not a theater person. You're just a. a girl. But I've been to a Broadway play. Okay, baby. <laughs> That's pretty exactly. <laughs> that is. Which one did you go to? Waitress. <gasps> oh, I um, heard. We were trying to get like Hamilton. But like the tickets were like four hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and so someone was like, "Oh, if you go to this one place, you can get cheap." cheaper tickets so we went to this one hotel where they give cheaper tickets and it was sold out and like all the really really like famous big ones were in but the person mm-hmm. was like honestly i really loved waitress waitress like, is so that. good loved it, it was i so haven't good. listened to have you seen the movie yet no so the main actress that was her last role before she got murdered in Excuse the movie me? yeah like in the movie the real actress that plays her she got murdered right isn't philippa sue no, not the Waitress? not the play. Oh, okay. I was like, she's dead. Because <laughs> very alive. No, because the the play is based off of the movie. Sarah Bareilles wrote the score, the music yeah, for Waitress. So. Yeah, it's very very good. Too. And then, uh, but that was based off of the movie. And the main actress in the movie that was her last role before. I'm pretty sure she got murdered. Oh, I and don't... they actually made like a a law against like. Hold on, let me look it up real quick. Now I might have one he sees me stuck in my head just because you mentioned this. Oh, the director. Yeah, she's in the movie. So not the main actress. Adrian Shelley, who plays Dawn. Uh. Yeah, 19-year-old broke into her house. Oh, a non-profit was created. That's for, like, women in Hollywood. And in intermission, you can go buy little pies. <gasps> for waitress. <gasps> that is adorable. It was very cute. When He Sees Me, my favorite song from... I haven't listened to it. I mean, the premise is, what like, a little fucked up, but he sees me. it's good. I want him and he knows it. Oh. But he opens up a door and I can't close it. It's all over TikTok right now. Yeah, I know that song. Yeah. I didn't realize it was from Waitress. Uh, Miranda Sings. Mm-hmm. She played Dawn uh, as a fill- filler character. Like, she was a, she was an understudy mm. for Dawn for a season, I believe. And she was pregnant during it, too. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Why do I have so much waitress knowledge? I don't know. I didn't know this was in here. I'm like, I'm a bad theater. So, Waitress Waitress the Musical. (laughs) Uh, We read The Story of an Hour by Kate Chapon. I got 81% of my essay for that. It is a good grade. I just think it should have at least been 85. Give it back to your teacher and have them. He wrote these. Nathaniel Hawthorne. Young Goodman Brown. I don't know how to feel about it because my teacher was like, you can't just focus on the fact that. So his his young Goodman Brown is going on a walk with like a demon or something, something insidious that just looks like him when he's old. He's going on a task. His dad? No. It's just, it's implied, I think, that it's like an, a, like an evil, like, okay, when you get to the end of it, you figure out it might be his future self. It could be the devil showing him that he's going to turn him into his future self like stuff like that and so the whole thing is like he's leaving his wife faith to go on this task that we don't know what he's doing but he like changes his mind about it but then he gets into the forest and all the town he just slowly learns that like all the townspeople around him are evil so he loses his literal faith he loses his wife faith and at the end he like denounces his faith 
And the teacher was like, you can't talk about faith. It's so obvious, you fucking plebs. That's how my teacher, it's the same teacher that used the N-word a bunch of times. What's the name? I get it, buddy. The name of the book? Uh, Young Goodman Brown by Nathaniel Hawthorne. Nathaniel Hawthorne's also the one that did Scarlet Letter, right? Yes. So it's like, fits with the the whole realm of his, like, community-based faith. Uh, I got six out of eight points because I didn't respond to somebody's comment. I keep not doing that. I just get bored. Um, <laughs> I really don't like discussion boards. I'm kind of done with Zoom University. I'm like, I'm so burnt out. I can't do this anymore. When you guys leave, I have to go respond to a bunch of discussion. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I'm not strong enough. I couldn't this even is what do it, me. like, going to school. And they're mm-hmm. like, okay, every week you have to go on the Facebook um, group and, like, comment on someone's post like i couldn't even create my own post for people to comment on i'm always doing everything 10 minutes before it's due an hour before it's due and i hate it because it's not as good as it could be and also then nobody responds to me and i'm like nobody talks to me like yeah because you give them 10 minutes alexis but also i don't want to be there you're giving us so much insight (laughs) i'm what you're giving us so much insight into when you're like, no one responds to my discussion board. Well, okay, that I think that also broke me because I used to post earlier and then no one responded to me. And I'm like, you know what? Why even let them? <laughs> <laughs> if they can't speak to me, then I can't be mad about the fact that they won't speak to me. <laughs> it's ah. like um, showing up to a party 15 minutes before it's over. <laughs> like nobody even talked to me <laughs> i was there the whole time and then as soon as i got there people left i also read the chrysanthemums by john steinbeck 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 john steinbeck the chrysanthemums i liked it um it's about this woman named eliza she's really really good at gardening specifically with her like chrysanthemum field and just none of the men around her take her seriously, and she gets, like, majorly horny for this dude that comes... It's so funny how differently I describe it to you guys than my literary analysis. <laughs> like, there's this dude that really wanted her to pay him to do stuff, and she was like, I'm a strong, independent girl boss, I don't need that. But then he was like, aren't I sexy? And she was like, ugh, nut! And she, um, like, gets real horny for him, and then she's in a man's outfit, and then, like, after interacting with him, she, like, is ashamed of herself and changes into a woman's outfit to go on a date with her husband... And they don't, like, actually have sex. She literally reaches for his dick, and she's, like, on the ground and offers, like, a little dog. And then is like, what is happening to me? And goes inside and takes a hot shower or bath. And then goes with her husband, and she'd given the stranger um, some chrysanthemums to deliver to his friend. And as they're driving into town, she sees the... He, dis- he disposed of the seeds, but not the pot. And then she feels like an old woman, and, like, no one's ever going to take her seriously, and it's really depressing. And, like, part of me was, like, okay, obviously, like, she was really horny and it feels like maybe her, like, chance of fuckitude is gone. But I didn't want to write about that. So I just wrote about how the flowers are, like, representative of who she is. And she felt like the only part of her that she was confident in was, like, discarded. Um, Pretty much all of my takes on all the stories have been, like, some level of horniness. So I've been trying not to talk about it. So the teacher's not just, like, damn, bitch. (laughs) She horny. (laughs) (laughs) You are horny on Maine. But all these authors back then were horny on Maine. I truly think so. I feel like most are now. I, I feel like most, like, all the literary classes I took, all of them came down to, like, sex. Was this person having sex or were they not having sex? That's all it revolved yeah. around. No, they were like, just gal pals. Yeah. 
And if there isn't sex, it's just a, it doesn't pass the Bechdel test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this story didn't. It kind of felt like like even the teacher was like, does John Steinbeck hate women? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. A little. <laughs> At least a little bit. Uh, we read some poems by William Carlos Williams. And my teacher was like, I'm going to read you what he said. It says, William's poetry is often exasperatingly confusing. For those of you who aren't English majors or who don't really get poetry, watch this video, which does a decent job of helping you enter into his most famous poem. And I was reading it. And I'm like, these aren't like it's even <clears throat> as an English major, even as an English major, I'm like, these don't feel exasperatingly confusing. It's just like you have a lot of options here. And I don't necessarily like that as a teacher. He said they're exasperatingly confusing unless you're an English major. I'm like, you sound like me in the group chat. I don't like this. Um, we keep this in private. <laughs> <laughs> Only when you can get flamed by the locals. She <laughs> calls fucking locals, bruh. I'm this fucking local. English major. I know. <laughs> this fucking Gen Z English I'm major. I'm so glad whore. that I got over Engl- being an English major is a disease, and I'm so glad I got cured. <laughs> That's really not nice. I feel like you're putting a stigma on diseases. Like you think I caught this on purpose? <laughs> Yes. Theater major. I really don't think it's fair that I get bullied more than this. <laughs> we call her that's me all the time. I mean it like a slur. Yeah, remember? Fucking thespians. <laughs> that was so I funny. Fucking thespians. Alexis was emoting, I was on the ground. <laughs> and then you just walked fucking thespians. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. I think that's when our friendship changed. That was the, yeah, that was the moment. It was that night. (laughs) I think it was like one of the first nights we were able to work together in a long time. It was just the three of us and Karen doing a reset until like one in the morning or something. It was one of the first times you were there for like a full reset because you just stopped working at your other job. Pooty! (laughs) What the fuck? She's going to lick your... Pooty, 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 rocking everywhere. Um, I also read uh, The Open Boat, something called Araby, and the poems of Robert Frost. Why is English major stuff, Jesus Christ, all like old literature? Why isn't it ever like modern day? This is entry level, what is it? Critical thinking through literary analysis. I think because like the classics are considered like your building blocks. (laughs) And the argument is that everything is like goes back to. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like, this is the most basic stuff I should get as an English major. So that's why it's, like, what's put forward, I guess. But the thing is, this isn't even, like, this isn't an exclusively English major class, which is why you said that. Because hmm. it's, uh, it's a composition class, so it can fulfill our comp and critical thinking component. <laughs> so. I'm enjoying it. It's just, they have such an emphasis on, like, you're not allowed, like, we're not doing any summary in analysis we're just doing uh expository class whatever it's supposed to be uh i told you this last time and you were like analytical analysis (laughs) (laughs) it's uh (laughs) what's it called interpretive it's interpretive analysis and so that's why i got uh like 15 percent taken off because he was like it sounds like you're summarizing a lot but then he also really stresses that we have to have proof so i'm like trying to find that balance of what Mm -hmm he means by like like he's like yeah you like he said some of your sentences have great supports but it feels like a lot of this is summary and you're not 
trying to convince people why you believe what you believe you just expect them to believe you that's what my critique was oh yeah you're like well yeah i expect them to believe my own english <laughs> anything i say goes idiots and it's like well am we gonna look listen at me here, and tell sweaty. me i'm wrong well, am <laughs> I? <laughs> what if i just respond listen here sweaty are you gonna look at me and tell me i'm wrong <laughs> no I, I i like him for the most part it just it again it just sucks like it's hard to get a full gauge on teachers or professors in in zoom university it's not even Zoom University. It's just Canvas University because it's not even a Zoom class. Like, at least with my other class, my teacher, like, gets to spend 10 minutes gushing about his wife after he says he's going to end class because he loves his wife so much. And now I think he's adorable because That's I love men so that love their wife. That's so cute. Like, he's like, yeah, I hate waking up this early because it's an 8 a.m. It's like, I hate waking up this early, but these are my wife's hours and I want to be with her. So. Oh, like- <laughs> my God. <laughs> That's he's like, so yeah. Nice. He's like, yeah. I schedule all my classes around the hours she works because she works eight to four or eight to five. So now I do two. Like, that's that's super nice. Yeah. He's like, I love my wife so much. I'm like, this is keep going. I would love to pay three hundred dollars <laughs> for this again. <laughs> so what are we going to read? Um, I think tonight I am going to start. Well, may, no, maybe not tonight because on Fridays. <laughs> It's tradition now for me. You're going to laugh. Ow. It's tradition for me now to, after work on Fridays, I come here to Alexis to record. After we're done recording, I go home. Cody goes to bed because he has to wake up early tomorrow for work. So me and Odie, every Friday, we sit in the living room and we watch Ghost Adventures. I knew that's what it was. I was like, she watches Ghost Adventures. Yeah. That's what we do every Friday. EBR. So I want to try to read three books this month um one of them is our group read fried green tomatoes yeah the wizard stop cafe baby yeah yep that one (laughs) so that's okay yeah that's gonna be one of them and then uh my friend recommended me um oh my god it's by fred frederick frederick backman my grandmother asked me to tell you i'm sorry she said it was very very good uh kind of an emotional read she's the she's the friend who i recommended lonely hearts evelyn southern book club and she's loved every single one of them so yeah i want to read those two for sure also because my grandmother something sorry um i'm borrowing it from the library so i have three weeks to read it so and i want to read it so i gotta read that fast yeah i was laughing at the way that when you moved it pootie made eye contact with you so strongly and then said (laughs) <laughs> me next yeah next. okay besides the group read i'm going to start tomorrow the first volume of haiku the manga um i want to read half sick of shadows by laura sebastian it was my book of the month oh, yeah um it's a retelling of king arthur um and then i also have from blood and ash it won goodreads 2020 best romance so i'm like okay you sold me um, I'm also gonna read Saga. Nicole brought that. Yes. What's the other one you brought me? Paper Girls. I'm also gonna read that. They so, are. Oh my God, Laura! I can't wait to talk my... about graphic novels. I have so many I want to talk about. Yeah, from Blood and Ash. I also finally want to read the ones we're meant to find by Joan Heath. I keep talking about it on this podcast, and so I think I'm finally gonna read it. I'm gonna treat myself. For my... Oh, it's my birthday month. Thank you. Wait, what are you gonna read? Oh, 
Yeah, what are you going to read, huh? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. What are you going to read? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to finish the second Harry Potter book. Uh, I'm going to... One last stop. Read one last stop. Um, going to try to read the second book in the Kissing the Coronavirus series. <laughs> and finish uh, Ice Planet Barbarians. Um, there's anything else I have in the plan. Ice Planet Barbarians is a 14-book-long series, so if it's trash that I can chew through, quite like the Barbarians, I might be doing some plowing. Um, <laughs> I think that's it. For sure. Oh, and then uh, also Blood and Ash. Because if you read it, I'll read it at the same time that you do. Yeah, you oh, and <laughs> fried green tomatoes at the wheel stop. And <laughs> <laughs> I keep seeing from Blood and Ash on like Book Talk. Okay, I keep hearing. Let me. Is it that red cover? It's a black and red cover. And then I saw, I was looking through what um, Goodreads, what their award for 2020 was, and I saw in Romance, and I've never even read the back. I don't even know what it's about, but I'm like, okay, you talked me into it. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I just saw a lot of people like, it's it's a little horny. It's very much like people are reacting to it and reviewing it the same way that I saw them doing to Sarah J. Moss. When she first came out, or like when her stuff first became popularized on like book talk and Twitter and stuff like that, like definitely getting the same response. So it's like a little horny, but also like people are like, oh my God, Sarah J. Moss is, it's like smut. It's insane. And then I read it and it's like, the fairy had his ass out. And that's all you get. <laughs> I love your Jennifer Coolidge. I know. <laughs> that wasn't even full Jennifer Coolidge. I know, but it was just enough that she came through. Yeah. She just, she's ah, always down. in me. Stop. Sarah J. Moist. <laughs> what okay, did you say, I Sarah not, J. Moist? I will not. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> I will not. I wish lie. I did. The first book of uh, A Court of Thorns and Roses. I really almost bought it because I was like, I was literally at the Folsom BN. Let me convince you with this, okay? No, I didn't buy it because I asked you, and you're like, oh, don't buy it, just borrow mine. Oh yeah, I'll give you. Like, I'll give you sure mine. It's when good you enough leave. for you to buy it. Yeah, because okay, it's really good, but it's it's. You just need to read it, and then if you like it, you I can, will. Yeah, it's because it's. I like it a lot, but I've just had a hard time getting through the second one. So that's why I'm like, just borrow it first and see if you go through the same thing I did. Like I got through the first book, and then the second one just like. It's like I literally had it in my hands, and I was like, "Is it worth buying?" And you're like, "Oh, just borrow mine." And I said, "Okay." I've seen so many mixed reviews on it, and the ones that I've seen, who like on book talk primarily, if if they're saying like, "I didn't like the book." No, I've mixed it up. If they usually, oh my god, <laughs> she's dying in front of our eyes. She's <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> That's a corpse. The the people I see on Book Talk who are like, oh, I love Akotar. They're also the same people who loved Shadow and Bone. And then the people Ooh, who didn't true. like Shadow and Bone are always like, yeah, I tried Akotar and I didn't like it. And so I'm like, I don't think I'll like it. My thing is, so the main things I remember, I might read it digitally while you borrow the physical copy and see if I, because I liked it a lot, but I was also 18, I think, when I read it. So like last year? (laughs) Last week. (laughs) I wish. Um, But there is a scene that I remember being like, (laughs) like... I'll just tell you. Okay. It's it's uh 
he has like this fairy ritual thing where he's like do not leave the house it's like orgy fairy time don't uh-huh. fucking come we will literally rip your butthole open uh-huh. And she obviously is like, you can't tell me what to do. I'm a strong, independent woman. And I will get fairy fucked if I want to get fairy bonked. And so she walks out there, and then obviously all the fairies are mad horny. And then he's like, I won't say what it is, but there's a thing that happens that just makes him the horniest fairy of all, essentially. Uh And he, like, pins her up against a wall. And, like, the dialogue that is exchanged in this scene, I was like, maybe people that write smut do have rights. (laughs) The scenes in One Last Stop were very nice. Are they smut scenes? Yeah. Yeah, there were smut scenes in um, Red, White, and Royal Blue. I always forget that, though, because they're very romantic, so they don't feel, like, super horny. Like, Captive Prince, those sex scenes. Slap! <laughs> those things, they are quite literally slapping. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. There's, there's nothing happening except pure, carnal, horniness. <laughs> Why that accent? There's no plot. There's no thought. Just fucking. <laughs> fucking, sucking, maybe some corn shucking. That's all you get. <laughs> I just have to find this. It's talking about romance. Hold on. It's part of Beach Read. Because they're both authors. So at the end, like, the book that he writes that's supposed to be happy ending... It's, like, a weird happy ending because both characters die. But he's like, no, that is a happy... Because she's like, that's not a fucking happy ending. Like, you cheated. He's like, oh, no, it is a happy ending because they were happy being together when they died. And that's all they're ever going to know. And then she... Because she reads the advanced copy and then she actually gets the actual book and he, like, had a dedication for her in it. Aww. Are there books inside the book or something? Yes. The book that she writes, she ends up writing about her family and their secrets, but she sets it in a circus. I love books about circuses. And, like, obviously she gives her parents, like, different names and herself a different name. And then it's, like, a traveling circus and, like, her family's actually secrets are, like, built into the story. And, mm-hmm. like, sounded so good. And I was like, bitch, if that was a real book, I'd read that, too. Alexis, please read The Night Circus. I will, but I want to write it, read it after I write my circus story so I don't get too circus done. I love books that take place in a circus. So yeah, I, I feel like that's, like, a huge thing with... I know that uh, Lonely Hearts Hotel doesn't actually have a circus... It's an but, extravaganza. Yeah, but it feels like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the same magic. I have to burp. I haven't been to that many circuses in my life. That's upsetting to think about. I feel like I should have been to more circuses and carnivals than I've been to. I think um, they were kind of on their way out when when you were... No, all we really have is like the state fair. Yeah, because I know um, when I was still going to circuses, it was very much like the... The mistreatment of animals wasn't as well known. Yeah. Yeah, that part I don't really need. I don't need to see a lion in a cage. I do want to see some silly little men on silly little tricycles. <laughs> the dedication was for January. I don't care how the story ends as long as I spend it with you. That's so cute. Romance. Okay, so I think I'm going to have to buy these silly little books to tug at my silly little heart. <laughs> <laughs> Because they're fun. They, they Like, one last stop, yeah, not usually something I would pick up, but I actually chose to pick it up myself, and it's been fun. I think we're brainwashing her, and I think it's good. I think we're chicken soup for the soul in you. I think oh, we're Timothy no. Chalamet-ing your taste. Doing her chlamydia? We're chlamydia her taste? Sure. <laughs> I mean dying when I say Timothy uh, Chalamet. Oh, okay. But no, that's, too, that's true, too. It's a verb in multiple ways. 
I was like, we're not giving her chlamydia. Can't wait till we all go to college together and Timothy Shalom at the university. Uh, catch us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, our website, LitBitchPod, and for the website, LitBitchPod.com. Go ahead and email us at LitBitPod at gmail.com. We're very excited for season two. This is either episode one or two. Probably going to be two if we get a more cohesive, sexy one next week. We well, you'll see. And we'll sure. see, too. <laughs> we don't know what's happening. We don't know what's going on. Someone's driving the car. But it's good to be back, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we love you guys. We'll see you next week. Um, we're very excited for season two. We're very excited for what we're going to be reading this year. Um, and Laura still hasn't stopped touching the stand of the mic while we record. That won't ever end. <laughs> That'll stay in every season. <laughs> okay, love you guys. Love and your eyes diverted to my thumb, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs>